It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. But doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius, and I'm I'm convinced now more than ever, Joe, that there are there are two types of NBA coverage. You've got those who are super into the games themselves, and I can go to websites. I, I have a newsletter. You know, Tom Ziller does the Good Morning Let's Basketball newsletter. I'm a big fan of that one. And you'll break it down with GIFs and here's this pick and roll and here's this guy off, you know, like all sorts of like nitty gritty basketball stuff. And then there's basketball Twitter, which lives for Chris Paul getting cut, lives for Zion Williamson apparently having much more game off the court than he does on the court. So those are the two types of NBA that I see on my timeline on a, on a given day. And and it's, it's, it's amusing. I don't think any other sport (laughs) gives me these two extremes. People who only care about the gossip (laughs) and like putting teams together and, you know, controversial takes. And then like, let's get into this you know meat and potatoes basketball it's funny our friend jc zemble sent me a text yesterday whenever the zion stuff was was breaking (laughs) quote unquote he's like i can't wait for you guys to break this down on the podcast tomorrow and i'm like yeah feels like something we would get into i mean you know i guess i guess i guess it's something to get into Let's let's actually talk with with the actual games first, uh, where the Denver Nuggets were their full on realized potential. It's not just Jokic having the first ever what thirty twenty and ten in the NBA Finals, but Jamal Murray also yeah. showing you that it can't just be one guy. Uh, you do really need two. It's not a big three. You need a big two and then a complementary player, which I believe that was what Christian Braun last night with a sneaky fifteen points and a pretty yeah. big fourth quarter to ultimately put that game away because it's not like Jimmy Butler wasn't good last night. Um, he was, but as we've noticed with the heat, you need the other guy to step up. Sometimes it's Caleb Martin. Other times it's Gabe Vincent. Um, so it or Duncan Robinson in the last game. And when the shots aren't falling, I think they only made 11, 11 threes last night. It's pretty easy to see when the heat are going to have it. And when the heat don't have it. Yeah, you look at the ancillary players for the Heat yesterday, and, and you know we talked a lot about Kevin Love. We talked a lot about Kyle Lowry being you know veteran players who can add and push them to you know to the finish line, and and mm-hmm. all of those undrafted players. Max Struess, one for seven from the floor yesterday. Gabe Vincent once one for six from three, and it, it doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. Denver is interesting in the sense that they have two mega stars. Right. Yes. Murray coming off of the reconstructed knee now in year, his second year uh, back from the injury. And you're like, OK, he's, he's finally fully there, uh, mm. as we've seen in this playoff run. But, you know, you look at the rest of their box score and you're like, well, wait a second. I thought Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be really good. When I saw that final score last night, the very first thing I, I said was, well, I bet you Michael Porter Jr. had a really good game. Nope, didn't. It was an outstanding game for Murray. But you, mm-hmm. you mentioned it, Braun trying to become the first person since Billy Thompson in 86-87 to win an NCAA championship in his last year in school and an NBA championship in his first year in the league. So that's a I, stat. That oh. is a stat. I, that is not a stat I would have uh, constructed in my head. It's and been the that only long. one. 
you only reason I know it is they're from Camden. They're from Jersey. Uh, Billy okay, Thompson was gotcha. on that Louisville team with <laughs> Wagner, whose grandson is about to be a star at Kentucky next oh, year. Okay. That's okay. the team Billy Thompson. Okay. Is on. I gotcha. I um, gotcha. I got Camden, you. New Jersey. So uh yeah, Braun was your was, but it was the fourth quarter. You mentioned mm-hmm. it. Braun played well in that fourth quarter. The Heat didn't have the pop that they've had, those cockroaches. That we've yeah. seen in Denver controlled the game just as they did the other games, but it was the fourth quarter where Denver really asserted themselves and really left no doubt. They finally they finally squashed the cockroach. Now they have a two one series lead, and now you look at game four and you go, okay, let, let's see what happens. Yeah, and we'll see who can take control of this thing because you after game two you're like, well, the Heat aren't going to get swept, and it sounded very like Fanny to me. I'm like, what do you mean they're not going to get swept? Like, come on, the Heat have a chance in this, and you're no. like. No, 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 no. I was like, it's one. It's like, one. It's like, it's like the, it, it was like the text I had with my brother uh, after game one. I'm like, they're gonna win a game. I didn't realize it was gonna be game two. Yeah, but they'd you know be down 0-2, win one at home, and then you know everybody's all freaking out about heat culture again. I was not expecting them to win that game in Denver, well, but I was I was expecting gentlemen sweep. Yeah, don't write them off yet because if they well, win but, game but, four, all of a sudden it's two two, and the dynamics continue to change, but, and the pressure goes back to Denver. I don't think you're wrong about okay. who's the better team. I got you. I, I don't think you. you're wrong about who's the better team. I just look at it and go, where See, is the pressure? But this 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 ties it into how we started today's show in that there are two versions of NBA coverage. There's the meat and potatoes, and then there's the take factory. And this is where I want Jokic to win a championship oh. because the actuality of NBA coverage will occur. The singularity will occur when I watch Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max like I was doing this morning because, you know me, I can't help myself. I'm still consuming, like, all sorts of sports media. And, like, they were legitimately over each other by 6.30 in the morning because of a conversation regarding Jokic. Now, Dan Levitard was the one who got this thing going because Levitard decided yesterday to have – and, look, you know me, I – I'm highly influenced by Dan Levitard. Yeah. I used to listen to Levitard when he was doing Sunday mornings on ESPN radio. Okay. Back when I was working computers 2K in 2000, 2001 as a part-timer. All right. Shout out to Amnon Nissan. If you ever have a problem with your computer, just reboot it. That's usually what happens. So like I used to listen to Levitard and I'm highly influenced by Levitard, but sometimes Levitard gets a little too meta. And and he was absolutely off his rocker with this take. You tell me when he lost me, Joe. See if you can catch Uh-oh. the moment he lost me. And it was pretty early on. You got a player who's foreign. Who, if he were American, good God, would he be a star? Good God. Same personality. Same exact personality. Holy. Would that a white dude dominating the NBA? Yeah, but it's a white dude. But we don't understand or know him. Where does he come from? Oh, shit. What's his past? What? His brothers. What? What is all that? <laughs> all that is rugged beyond all of your belief. Here to get the money, dominating the sport with an assortment of survival skills that make him someone who feel like he's joylessly tearing apart your league because he can <laughs> with his armpits. You're making him out to be Rambo. Yes. <laughs> you guys are telling me. You know what? It's, Rambo could not pull this one off. He's magic and bird, and America hates him. What? <laughs> what are we doing with Jokic? The Cody and <laughs> so anyway, there's 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 Levitard, uh talking about Jokic, and like I I get it. He's joking. He's the armpits. He's Rambo. It's all this stuff. But he's like, but if he was a Duke player, no. What are you, what are you talking 
about. If he was a Duke player, he'd be. Do, do people hate Jokic? <laughs> but but that's the. I guess that's the part that I'm I'm kind of like flabbergasted by. Is he hated? He's not hated. Who hates Jokic? I don't think well, most people think about Jokic. And if he was a Duke player, then they would hate him because he'd be the big goofy white guy. It's like it's the Tyler Hansborough syndrome. If Tyler Hansborough were a Duke player, how are we talking about him? Oh, the most hated player of all time. He's up there with Leitner. Yeah. So this business that ah, if he was a white Duke player, no, he'd be a villain. There'd be think pieces on ESPN all day talking about this. So I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy. Yeah, that. I don't know if the public at large has an opinion on yeah. Jokic. I think the NBA media does. And I yeah. think the former players do, and you saw that verbalized by Kendrick Perkins, basically saying, "Well, the only reason." And don't forget, this was a thing in the '80s that people thought. Well, a bunch of now there was more print media back then doing yeah. the voting. That oh, a bunch of white guys just want Larry Bird to be good, so he wait. Is good. You mean you mean Boston people were wanting a white guy to succeed? Well, yeah. What? But at the, what? At the NBA what? media at large, right? So that was a thing. That was a thing. I don't think that is a thing now. I do think yeah. you know. Obviously, anytime someone is not black in basketball, you look at them and go, "Huh? <laughs> wait a second. This is different. It's almost like a black hockey player, right? You're like, wait a second. This is different." Yeah. And it, black golfer, you look at it. Well, well, this is different. Now, wait a second. And it ultimately gets back to a conversation we had yesterday where sports is supposed to be the equalizer. Yeah, Here's this Serbian. He's a really good player. We should probably just appreciate that he's a really good player and has earned the right, you know, to sit at the table and be amongst the greats because that's what his play has said. Now, hold that thought. The beauty of recording this show at home is that I have somebody that just came to the front door. You might have heard the ding dong. Um, while I was recording here. So we're going to, this is live to tape, but I'm going to have to make an executive decision here as the producer of this program to just mark mark the tape. What do we got here? Uh, 10.05 on the tape. We'll, we'll be right back. Maybe I can insert like a, you know, two minutes later type situation. So y'all, y'all sit tight. Two hours later. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Duke guys, uh, before we get to some housekeeping, if you actually want to talk about a Duke player that people are having fun with right now, that would be our friend Zion Williamson, who uh, was very cool moment. He's he announced that him and his girlfriend are expecting, uh, but turns out that he had somebody else in his life. Which, which girlfriend? Exactly. <laughs> and so, if I if I kept if I could keep the story straight, he's currently dating um, a dancer. But he also had a relationship with an OnlyFans model. And the OnlyFans model found out on Twitter that he was expecting with the dancer girlfriend. And she decided to put Zion on blast about all the things that he apparently had been doing with her. And I believe she's based out of Dallas. And this is this will crystallize my point about how NBA Twitter is the best Twitter. Folks were digging up old sound bites from Zion Williamson where he kept talking about, and she's based in Dallas, and he kept talking about how Dallas really is the place that you want to be on the road. Like it's one of his favorite road cities. So here is Zion from February 19th, Joe, talking about his favorite towns. Come on, now you know the answer to this. You've seen the video. Don't do that. Dallas, baby. Dallas is the best road city. What, what are you talking about? I was in Dallas, uh, New York, and Toronto. <laughs> okay, it's not done. It's not done. So there was another video that was immediately making the rounds 
where he was hanging out with his teammates and watch his teammates react and watch his face when he has to explain Dallas as a top road city. Toronto, New York, Dallas. Why Dallas? Why Dallas, bro? Why Dallas, bro? Dallas is amazing. Okay, nobody tell you. Dallas is amazing. I don't want I don't want to be there, but Dallas is amazing. Why Dallas, bro? Why Dallas? So they all knew. Yeah, that's NBA Twitter in a nutshell, man. That's the brotherhood, it's, too. It really Brandon is. Ingram giving this guy a hard time, putting him on blast a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the stories being told at the K Academy this past week. We are on Instagram. Go look up OG Triangle Media on Instagram. We're putting clips up there and everything else, uh, including our conversation with the governor, Roy Cooper, from yesterday. If you missed that conversation, it's available on YouTube. Uh, it's available on the podcast and everything else. Um, and then I believe, we got, is Law of the Wolf finally de- debuting next week? Next week. I don't want to put you, I don't want to put you in, like in a pressure situation, but it's finally no. happening, right? Yeah, no, we have actually like two episodes in two interviews in the can, as they like to say in the business. I just need I like some it. production help. Um, not only from you, but uh, Jonathan Rand. Not on this podcast. Oh, not on this podcast. You know what? what we're going to talk to Josh Whitaker. I have a question yeah. for him. I have a legitimate okay. that he's probably going to have to charge me some legal consultation for, but I want to do it on yeah. the air. Okay, that's fine. Well, I was okay. going to say, remember, I'm married to a lawyer, and that's 15 oh, yeah, minutes yeah. right off the bat. No, no, no. I, hours, I know man. that, but I quarter think it makes for good uh, podcasting, so I'm excited. Speaking of, uh, speaking of new businesses and th- figuring things out on the fly – uh, new network for entrepreneurs in Wilmington. They got an event coming up on was it June twentieth. So that's in about just just under just about a week and a half from now. And North Carolina, as Jim Roberts has told us, uh, as an entrepreneur and this networking opportunity in Wilmington, one of the one of the busiest areas for startups in the country, not just in North Carolina but in the country. Uh, they have a, a lot of networking opportunities. This is one of them. It's the nine lives of entrepreneurs, and you can go check that out on the Eventbrite page and get your uh, get your tickets for that. Right up your alley there, Joe. Nine lives of entrepreneurs, June twentieth. It's a Tuesday, at four o'clock. It's at the Ironclad Brewery, Love uh, it. network for entrepreneurs in Wilmington, where the river of innovation meets an ocean of possibility. Also, shout out to the Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. I know the weather's been completely bonkers. Uh, it's June. It's still in the sixties. We've got, you know, Canadian smoke coming down, and that is not a euphemism for something that you can get at an apothecary here in town. It's actual Canadian smoke. Uh, but I do know this past weekend when the weather was nice and we didn't have Canadian smoke to deal with, and it wasn't 60 degrees, when I was out there grilling, no mosquitoes because Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority came out to my house. But they do more than just that, Joe. Yeah, bugsbite.com. Check them out on Twitter. No, um, no bugs. NC. Listen, Joe. More than just ants, more than termites. We got mice, moisture. They'll fix your crawl space, whether it's like yours, tiny, or whether it's like <laughs> mine, you walk in. It's a yeah, whole thing. Tiny. It's a whole thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't, don't get me started. Well, this crawl space is a lot better than my first house. That was, it was literally a crawl space. And me and my father in law spent one afternoon uh, putting, insulation in there never again i think it actually I ruined see his your father-in-law forever. being into that though oh yeah no he's he's super he's project super guy. much like that he's very much a project guy, <laughs> very much a project guy uh and if you're running around and you got some projects and you don't have time to go get a snack 
Yes, you do, because you can just drop right, drop by a breeze through. Maybe you're dragging a little bit on your way to go do this particular project, Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond if there's time. Breeze through has coffee. It's not just about beer caves, Joe. They got good no. coffee. I know how they, you feel about your coffee. They got everything. 1200 Edwards Mill Road, right there across from PNC Arena. Ice, snacks, all the good stuff. Go check them out at the breeze can, can we get Adam to give us a coffee machine for the studio space? One of their coffee machines? Uh, potentially, but I would prefer to Do buy we have one so we can write there? off all of the coffee I'm about to buy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. It's a, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. Next topic, please. All right, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, it's our friend, Dimitri Ravanos. See, I got it right this time. Look at you. I got it right. I've been practicing <laughs> all day, Dimitri. Practicing all you. day, Dimitri. <laughs> So there's so many questions I have about the last topic uh, from sitting in the green room that I want to talk about. What? Hearing the doorbell ring and having to take care of that? Honestly, my thought was, oh, we tried something new for guests. Am I about to come on? No, no, no. You, Mr. Roberts. You're not at the house. We're not bringing you into the home office here so that you can have a conversation. Well, what? What did you need to know about Zion? Well, I mean, it seems pretty cut and dry. Well, no, let's go back before Zion. I think it seems history tells us that if Jokic was a big American white guy for Duke, he would already be out of the league, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Well done. Valid point. Valid point. I I really having a hard time finding a counter to that. Yeah. Hard time finding a counter. As they hit me with them Cherokee Park stats. Although there is is at least a Plumlee. I was going to say Plumlee. There's a Plumlee in the league. The exception to the rule. There is. There is. And and I mean, like, honestly. At some point, one of them was going to pan out. Well, and the the other thing, too, is like Christian Leitner lasted in the league. He just didn't last on the floor in the league very Mm -hmm. long. That's a valid point. That was very Pete Chilcutt of him. We, uh, we we bring you on. We bring you on because over at uh, Baird Sports Media, you have uh, what what the industry calls a think piece. Sure, and it's related to what happened with the PGA Tour, and let's just call it what it is. They got bought by the Saudi investment fund. Uh, they yeah. got purchased by Live, and it's entirely possible that in three years the PGA Tour ceases to exist, and it's the Live Tour going forward. These are we don't know all the details, but it's possible. That, that's where this thing could be headed in the next three to five years. So you started to wonder, and I, I don't blame you because I was thinking the same thing. They've already started to put themselves and, and start putting their money into various sports entities. The PGA Tour is not the first one. They're heavily yeah. invested in F1. They have invested in soccer. So you're taking it to the next logical step of, well, what are they going to buy next? And you had five you had five interesting ones. ones that, one I can definitely see. Some others... Uh, stretch the imagination a little bit. But then again, when you have that much money, it doesn't really matter. Well, and on top of that, like if I told you that it was possible for a country to buy golf, like would you have thought that was a realistic possibility? What, 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago? No, I would not have thought about that. Yeah, I mean, tell me where you want to start. Like, I think there are valid reasons that, yeah, these stretch the imagination, but they are realistic. The one that I think is the most compelling and it's something that ties into what Jillio and I have been talking about with college athletics is would they buy a conference? Would they heavily invest in a conference? Why would they buy a conference that's established when they have the money to start their own? Like if you are the Saudi investment fund, mm-hmm. um, you know, why would you put money into let's say the sec, right? Okay. Uh, I, gosh, I don't know why I thought of that conference. 
Um, why would you put money into the SEC and have to take Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Ole Miss when what you could do is just say, hey, Alabama, LSU, and Florida and Georgia mm-hmm. will pay your exit fee. Yeah. And Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State will pay your exit fee. And, you know, pick and choose however it is you want to do it. And they go and build their own Super League for football, for mm-hmm. basketball. Like Jay Billis has talked about this. Since the Big Ten TV deals all came together and for the first time we saw that $1 billion number attached to a TV contract for a league, like athletic directors were openly talking about why do I have to deal with this on the bubble shit? We can go start our own tournament that will draw more ratings than the NCAA because people are going to go where Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, et cetera, go. But didn't, didn't Mark Cuban already try that once? Yeah. I mean, years listen, ago, it, it has all been tried before. I don't know. <laughs> so before he became uh, the, the loudest and funniest conspiracy theorist, Adam Carolla used to have <laughs> this great line, uh, which was uh, fuck you money is nice, but real wealth is fuck me money. <laughs> and that is what Saudi Arabia has. Like they are, they have the money to go and convince themselves. Well, sure. Mark Cuban failed, but we can do this. Yeah. And that's where I guess the, the Saudi investment fund ultimately won against the PGA tour. It wasn't like live golf was this entity that was no. drawing ratings. No, I made this point in the piece, like live golf was a joke. Yeah. And I don't mean it from the standpoint of like, they were failing. They were not like the Saudi Arabian, uh, public investment fund had the money to keep it afloat but the stories had become about how few people were watching the mm-hmm. stories had become about uh you know if it is not phil mickelson or bruce uh bruce jesus bryce kepka brooks kepka brooks kepka i can watch golf i don't know uh, <laughs> but if it's not one of these guys like i don't know other people on this tour right like they're four or five big stars and then there was a big drop off you know at the end of the day it was one had the money to stand firm and the other one was going to eventually see the pain in the long run. So let's just, let's just cut this off at the, uh, at the pass. I don't know if you have any relatives, Dimitri, that don't, that aren't from this country and don't live here and don't really understand our culture. Okay. Uh, So I have family in Scotland and you should hear the conversations that I have with them when they come over and they ask, Oh wait, James is who's in high school. Wait, he plays for his high school team. He plays a sport for his high yeah. school team. Oh, and then wait at college at university they do they do what? But they do things other than go to school. What? Yeah, like the the, the academy model in Europe is such that they don't understand. They they truly not that they're not intelligent enough, but it's it is truly like the South Park episode. They're like, wait a second, you have a bunch of athletes. You have a bunch of student athletes <laughs> that you pay that you don't pay that make you all of this money sir it's like yeah wait what what is no, this it, concept of college sports you speak of like it's it's a totally foreign concept to people who aren't from here the last time i went to greece was right when i had graduated from college and that's that's where my dad's from he still has a sister that lives there um and it was it's funny because it was a similar reaction not and it wasn't just you go to university and you play sports it was wait a minute so a school that's a legitimate school for other people is a sports academy for some people (laughs) how does it how can they be both (laughs) dimitri hanging out with us here on the he's automotive group hotline he's got a piece on barrett sports media 
the five uh, entities that the Saudi investment fund might want to buy. The Olympics is an easy one. Uh, I know yeah. you had floated that out there. The Olympics is running into who's the to issue. say they don't already own the Olympics. I mean, well, I mean, maybe that's possible, but they definitely still already own the World Cup. So I think we learned from uh, from Qatar 2022. <laughs> all you have to do is say, yeah, you can put it here and you might own like 50 percent of the organization. Yeah, I mean, but they still have their process that has to make sure that everybody gets theirs with the Olympics. And as you pointed Speaking out, he's still believing in Santa Claus. Right. Wait, wait, you think there's a process? Yeah, there's there's a process. There's a process is who's there's getting the process. money. The process is who gets the money. That's the process. There's no like facilities. They're not looking at facilities or public transportation or all this other stuff. No, it has everything to do. I agree with you. It has everything to do with who's getting the money. That's all that matters. Well, and the other part of it too, like in recent years has become like, all right. So is it 2028? The Olympics come to LA? I think think so. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was supposed to be Boston. And mm. there was enough pushback in there Boston. That, yeah, the, the city was like, okay, we're not going to do this. So in addition to who is getting the money, the other part of the process is which mayor just doesn't give a shit how the people who elected feel about it. Pretty this. much, yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's how that rolls out. Now, the other one, we'll close on this, is related to ESPN. Yep. And I, there's, there's, there's an industry debate as to whether or not Disney's actually trying to spin off ESPN, trying to go direct to consumer or whatever it is. I feel Funny like how much they say no and keep making moves that make it a lot easier to sell ESPN. <laughs> it, it is kind of funny how that works out, right? Um, I, I feel like there's an extra step there before they get to purchasing ESPN. I think it's more to your point about buying one of these gambling outfits, a DraftKings or a FanDuel. And then, as we've already seen laid out on this yeah vast world of internet content which i'm now dabbling in then they can turn the espn brand into exactly that just blanket everything with that espn branding yeah for sure i mean you know i i pointed out FanDuel in the piece because it is the market leader in the u.s amongst the online books and i mean we saw this in florida a few years ago when ron DeSantis just basically said yeah i don't care about votes we're gonna have gambling in florida and then it yeah. turned out oh <laughs> Every Native American tribe in Florida can sue my ass if we do that. So we're going to stop doing gambling right in the middle of it. Like these, all of these sports books are heavily involved in the lobbying effort mm-hmm. um, to to legalize, to uh, uh, set the policies. So I think FanDuel, buying FanDuel gives Saudi Arabia what they really want out of all of this, which is influence, right? Mm-hmm. Like sport, I think we give too much credit or i think we think sports washing is more powerful than it is right it's you don't turn on live golf and go oh these guys certainly had nothing to do with 9-11 like that's that's just not you know it's also something that it's also something that we invented okay right well like we as a country invented the people gave it a fancy name but it's propaganda and who's the greatest at propaganda propaganda. (laughs) but my point is (laughs) we are yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but my point I is mean, that there is nobody uh, that now the NBA is probably our biggest global sports export at this okay. point, right? I don't think there are a whole lot of people in other countries, let's say China, which people love to you know bring up. Um, I don't think there are a lot of people in China watching the NBA and going, oh, you know what? I don't even remember that Guantanamo Bay thing. Like, I just don't think the sports watching stuff works as well as people think it does. But what I'll say is 
you know, if you buy FanDuel, you get actual influence in terms yeah. of state governments and state houses. The other part is if you buy ESPN, you know, it's not like suddenly we're going to see Stephen A. Smith start doing segments on how beautiful Jeddah is during the summer and winter. But what we'll see is sort of the same shit you already see if you put on CNN or Fox or MSNBC in the middle of the day, which is, hey, suddenly there are these advertisements pushing tourism in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. But more than that, there are all these commercials that dance around saying, hey, slavery is basically legal here. You should open a factory, right? So there's a pretty big platform to spread the message of come visit and come invest in Saudi Arabia. Because Only 400 you know, people died building this World Cup stadium. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like the oil is down from previous years. The oil economy is going away, but it's not going away tomorrow. It's not going yeah. away in a decade. Like yeah. they've got plenty of time to uh, to lay the groundwork for the next phase of Saudi wealth. Dimitri Ravano, Barrett Sports Media. All right, man. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, it's a shame that you weren't the one ringing the bell. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to get a surprise today. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. I'll, and you put a shirt on, so I appreciate it. I got to be honest. Like, we have known each other for, God, a decade, let's say, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea where you live. That's by design. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, I it's know. by design. I know. You know how many times Gilio's been over to the house? Twice? Uh, I, I, I'm going to guess twice because he said twice. Yeah. It's about yeah. twice. It's about well, twice. I mean, listen, I get it's by design it's for you, house, but it hasn't it? stopped me yeah. from knocking on doors and just yelling, is this the obvious reference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. Maybe one yeah. of these days you will find me. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, boys. Good talking to you. <laughs> That's Dimitri here on Obvious and Gilio. Uh, let's get into some, uh, a little bit more house. Move on. Shout out to Hometown Realty. You can check them out online and you, you see, you were sitting here talking about houses, right? You know, like by design, I don't, I don't, you don't need to know where I live, but then again, uh, it's not like tax, tax records aren't readily available, Joe. So it's really easy. It's really easy to find anybody. And, and what you might find yourself uh, doing is that you, you're out here, you're looking at Zillow and you're looking at these houses and it's, it's crazy. You need somebody to help you out. And that's where hometown realty comes into play. Check them out online at myhtr.com. I'm going to do this during the ad since, you know, what you say, we're, we're always transparent. So Barry Woodard, who owns Hometown Realty, says to me yesterday now, after I sent him our invoice, because we finally got our tax ID. Yeah, yeah, finally. We finally have all of our things set up. Yeah. I sent him an invoice. He's like, no. He's like, check is on the way. Now go sell me a house. And I said, I'm trying my best. Okay. <laughs> so please, pretty please, if you need to buy a house, go check out myhtr.com. You can also call them. 919-550-7355. They're in Raleigh, Clayton, Selma, Atlantic Beach. He's actually headed down to the uh, Big Rock next oh, week. Nice, nice. So listen, the, the, the Barry knows what he's doing. Just look at the billboards all along 70 there. And then, of course, he's in Garner because everything is in Garner. Everything so, great is in Garner. So what you're saying is if you love the show, Yes, go buy and a damn you need house. to buy a house. Then <laughs> just, just go with Hometown Real. MyHTR.com. And then with all the legal paperwork, you can just holler at Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Give them a call at 919-772-7000. They got offices all over. The, they got all the Gs covered. We know that. But they're all over the state, multiple offices. Yeah, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, 20 years. They got offices in Raleigh, Fuquay, Clayton, Moorhead City, and, of course, the Gs. Goldsboro, Gastonia, and the G, Garner. And, again, it's very convenient, wh.lawyer. Very clever.
Yes, very. I, we got to get one of those uh, like Ovia's Gilio dot podcast podcast Ovia's Gilio dot talkers. Just, just yes, gas bags. Any any number of things. Hot What's up next? What's up next? Speaking of Whitaker Hammer, Josh Whitaker now joins us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. He's also part. Was it the? Are you at Shady's right now? Were you in the office? Are you at the no, Outlaw no. Podcast headquarters, Josh? What am I looking <laughs> at here? No, no. Uh, yeah, got some logos up there, but no, I'm in the uh, Whitaker and Hamer uh, Garner office this morning. So okay. I come, okay. I come to okay. you from Garner. Very nice. Uh, are you like literally right down the street from Joe? Since everybody in Garner knows each other. Yeah, probably. Okay. Not too far. That makes sense. Wait, is the other Joe joining us too? Yeah, we're quadding this thing up. Oh, it's a quad <laughs> box today. We got three Joes and a Josh. Uh, Joe Hammer now from Whitaker and Hammer. Now, this is not this is not an extended ad for Whitaker and Hammer, even though we do appreciate you sponsoring the Ovias and Gilio podcast. The reason why we wanted to talk to you guys is because you've seen the original ACC grant of rights. Not the updated one, but the original ACC grant of rights that has been a point of obsession uh, the last couple of years as everybody's poking around to see if they can break away from the ACC. I think the Pac-12, we just discovered that they don't have a grant of rights, which might explain why some of the stuff's going on with the Pac-12. So there's there's a reason why a grant of rights works and why it hasn't necessarily been uh, broken right now. So so let's, let's start from the jump here. What, Josh, we'll start with you, Josh. What did you see in the original grant of rights that needed to be updated that we don't see now? What what was the point of it? Well, the point of the grant of rights, you know, was to bind all the ACC institutions together because uh, they are bound, right? The ACC has an operating agreement. The ACC has a, uh, it's all contract law, right? They have contract provisions that bind them all together, but it's not enough. That can be broken. And so the, the attorneys involved came up with this grants of right uh, theory. And, and, and Joe, you've seen it too. But very simple. It's, it's, it's genius in its simplicity. Because uh, that's one of the things. It's only four or five pages long, at least the yeah. original. Um, but it's very effective. Uh, there's been all kinds of scholarly legal arguments are uh, written about how to break it, what you can do. But it's tough. It's simple. And it's tough. It's very good legal writing. It's very good contract. Okay, so what makes it tough? Uh, I think a couple of things make it tough. One, it's it's simplicity and it's vagueness. I just handled handled the sale of a dental practice, and the contract was seventy eight pages long without attachments. <laughs> right, and that was the sale of a a small town dental practice, and we yeah. put that much time and effort. This is four pages. You're, uh, you're looking at longer contracts to get a deck built at your house, right? <laughs> Um, uh, you're at your way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I, the way, you know, we, we've seen the original very, very brief, very short, shorter than you think it would be. Um, and you said it, it's, it's simple, but everyone who's seen by all accounts, everyone who's, who's laid eyes on these, you know, some of these other grant of rights that, uh, that are supposedly similar in nature, they all describe them as just being ironclad airtight, uh, beyond reproach basically um and i think it just boils down to just being a well-drafted legal document you know it, you don't have to have 78 pages if you really hammer in and uh focus in on the details and, and hit all the right spots you know sometimes that simplicity works in your favor 
Joe Hamer, Josh Whitaker joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. It's Joe Avias. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, so let's let's go over the nuclear option here if you're the ACC. If the grant of rights is so great, right, but what about the actual – what's actually holding the ACC together? And, of course, I've only watched Mad Men. I'm not a real lawyer. You guys are the real deal. <laughs> is it legitimate? Is it is it a legitimate option for the ACC schools to get together and say – we are going to dissolve the league. And now I'm going to combine liar, liar, my liar, liar uh, facts here as well. <laughs> oh, so you can't enter a contract if you're not an entity, right? So is it legitimate? Can the ACC legitimately dissolve? And then that would make the, the grant of rights null and void with ESPN because they don't, they're not an entity anymore. Is that a legitimate thing that could actually happen? You know, I listen to a lot of the the folks who talk about this kind of thing discuss that. And, you know, I think the ACC does have provisions in it where it could dissolve itself. You know, that's a thing that could happen. Um, and I've never seen the contract with ESPN, but I would assume uh, there's so many Joes here. I was about to talk to my Joe and there's so many Joes. Um, but Joe. <laughs> yeah, we can we can just we can just go with uh, we can just go with my legal name. We can go with Zay if you want. That's fine. But I, I have a feeling that if the ACC were to dissolve and the, the reason they would be dissolving is teams wanted to leave and wanted to get out of the grant. Right. Right. That there would be some sort of breach with the ESPN contract. So then the end, you know, if you if you like if me and uh, if me and Joe dissolve Whitaker and Hamer and Whitaker and Hamer owes thousands and thousands, millions and millions of dollars to somebody and we dissolve Whitaker and Hamer, then we owe it individually. Right. That that obligation goes with with us if we, you know, so I, I don't think that's really an option just because unless ESPN was in on it, which I, I have. I'm a big conspiracy theorist and I, you know somebody's driving these decisions and it's not the ACC. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally, it's totally television. But if, if, if if the, if ESPN is driving the decisions, why would they ever want to break their current deal? It's a very good deal for ESPN. Yeah. Super very good deal for ESPN. They ain't going to break that thing. That's that, that's the point right there. They, they've, it's an ex- extremely favorable to ESPN deal. And there will come a time, you know, there's a tipping point. You know, we can talk about, you know, liquidated damages and we can talk about all these uh, these legal things that there's ways that this thing could be challenged. Is it unfair or the damages, the damages outweigh what the ACC would actually be out? Uh, you know, there's there's all kind of analysis like that. But in the end, there'll be a tipping point where it makes sense to challenge it in court. That ain't now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that's 30, the thing, 36. man. You know, I think that's the thing. There is a there's a mathematical calculation where it, it, is, it is, is economically feasible, mm-hmm. but yep. yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be closeness and proximity to time, you know, cause yep. you've got so much time left. Um, and I think, you know, you talk about the ACC dissolving, everybody coming together and deciding that, you know, on those same lines, I think the, the more people that you have willing to step in and challenge this, the more chance of success that you've got. Because ultimately, it is a well-drafted legal document. I don't think we're looking at a situation where some kind of weird loophole is going to take care of this. It's going to be money, and it's going to be a lot of it. So it's just going to boil down to where is the money right at and what makes it make sense. I think the ESPN part is what makes it complicated, too, because it is a beneficial deal to them. And it's also beneficial for them, for the ACC to exist, for their inventory. So it it would take a really motivated Big Ten to come in and say, I'm going to pay Clemson, I'm going to play, pay Carolina yeah. all this money for you to leave and come be on Fox, come be on CBS, come be on NBC, which I don't see. I'm really motivated Big Ten doing that. 
not yeah. with not without the connection of Jim Delaney still speaking of conspiracy theories. Josh, uh, <laughs> just just for the record, Josh, I know you're a lawyer, but if you could just state for the record, please, the school that you prefer to root for here in the triangle. I- I'm an NC That's a conspiracy State theorist. Yeah, I'm a yeah. I'm an NC State guy. No, it makes so much more sense. Makes so much more sense. Get out of town. I'm shocked about this. And, and, and you and you and your Joe is a Duke fan. I have this right. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm a Duke guy. Uh, I'm a Duke guy. Yeah. For better. I grew up with my dad like screaming at the TV. He was one of those dads over Duke games, and so yeah, that kind of that gets in your soul. You know, you, can't, <laughs> you don't get away from that too easy. Are we even going to be watching ESPN in 2036? Though 2036 is so far away. Uh, we'll be watching the as we just finished talking about with Dimitri. We'll we'll end up be, it'll be a FanDuel or DraftKings TV that we're right. we'll be on our Apple our Apple AR headsets like yeah, it'll be, live yeah, into our brain. I think yeah. the price I think the price of that headset will be reduced to twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah, by that point, not thirty five hundred dollars. Oh, that's what if I'm you getting want, one. If you want the Google's Max, what takes up your whole entire face is like an actual <laughs> helmet. That'll cost you thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> you like the Google coffin? It'll be <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's when we start getting into some Black Mirror episodes. Uh, everybody, go check out the San Junipero episode. All right, so here's my curiosity. So we've seen the original document. You guys have seen the original document. This is all speculative. What would you change? What changed that makes it even stronger at this point? If the first one was simple and vague enough, what could you do to make it even more ironclad? Well, the only thing I could think of was consideration, you know, with the ESPN contract changing Notre Dame coming in or, you know, what have you. And I don't remember the timeline exactly, but the only thing that I could see that you might want to change, uh, you know, contracts fail for lack of adequate consideration. Okay. And this is quite a bit, quite an investment. So I would assume consideration changed, right? They, they said, hey, we got a new contract. These things changed. Here's new consideration because that's really the weakest part. And it's not that weak, but it's the weakest part is of the original is considerations not clearly stated. And, now, uh, and when, all right, let's, let's do explain like I'm five with lawyer speak. When you talk about consideration, we're talking about money. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're talking about money. It can be, well, you're thing. talking about, you're talking about it, consideration, man. That's one of those things where you get to law school and you can spend like a lot of time talking about what that means. And it can be money. It can be mm-hmm. a promise. Um, it's basically the bargain, right? It's the yeah. it's the 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 bargain and the deal, in in essence. And that's a dumbed down explanation, but at its simplest form, we're money. Dumb. So don't yeah, worry. and we're dumb, and, and it's <laughs> it, and usually the consideration when it comes to these matters, at least from what I always was uh, was told by my wife, who deals with this stuff on a on a daily basis, money usually solves all the problems when it comes to consideration. And if you have enough sure. money to give to the league and to get out, then they will consider you. And your exit at this point. That that's and it's just like the PGA live. Ah, uh, now we're gonna fight you. We're gonna fight you. Oh, okay. Money's involved. Uh, we will now consider a merger uh, yeah, and, and make it work. In contract law and business law, money always solves the problems. The, the biggest problems are when there's not money, right? And that's when yeah. you have your biggest problems. But when there's money, people tend to figure out a way. Yeah, when uh, when Joe and I eventually divorce, money is not going to be an issue. It's just, <laughs> just going to be a fighting over who gets whatever leftover of the yeah. equipment. And you want my debt? Yeah, as I'll, as I'll tell yeah, my kids, like, you want my debt? Cool. Yeah, no, it's all yours. It's like, I want in the contract, I do not assume any of Julio's gambling, uh, <laughs> anything, earnings or deficits in the grand scheme. I, I got a quick legal question for, for Whitaker and Hamer here, okay? 
I, I'm putting you on the spot, and I'll I'll, I'll put up the, the two. Hey, careful, deposit. careful! They might charge us the 15 minutes. I know, I know. I, 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 I'm, I'll make it billing, quick. Are you billing us for the 15? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna make it You're quick. On the clock. You're on the clock. It, let's just say you had a podcast for a different group, and you created a theme song with rights-free music in the background, <laughs> rights-free. Okay. And included in that rights-free music were public-use clips from YouTube and other press conferences that were not owned by anyone, but were from YouTube or any other social media public use. Is that something I would I can use now on this podcast venture? Yeah, if no one has any other rights to it, like if you're confident, it was never paid for. Yeah, you don't have to pay for it. If it's right, if it's truly rights, yeah, free, it's rights free. Yeah, truly, yeah. the music itself was rights free. All of the clips that are in there. And if it just so happens to be a really famous quarterback saying Wolfpack ain't for soft people. (laughs) They didn't own that. They They don't don't own that. And it's not, last time I checked, Phillip Rivers did not put any sort of trademark claim uh, for the phrase. So it's just something that he said, and it just happens to be an audio clip of it. So by, again, using completely hypothetical here, (laughs) if that intro is used next week on the OVS and Gilio podcast live, live podcast company or, or a basketball safe? coach that says my juices flow all the time. I don't Are know which safe? coach that is, <laughs> but in theory, well, I'll tell you what we do over on our podcast on the outlaw lawyer. What we do is uh, we, we take, uh, we use the parody right under, under trademark law. If you're using something for parody or you're using something for news purposes, you're usually pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so you always got that. You got that. Yeah, I, I found that out. I found that out the hard way on YouTube when we used a Jim Nance, Jay Moynihan clip uh, that it was not a copyright strike, but you were not going to monetize that video because it was using it was a news clip, so they couldn't do anything about it, and we're using it for news purposes. But I guess CBS and YouTube have an arrangement, and other outlets have an arrangement with YouTube saying, "Cool, but you ain't making money on that bad boy." And if you do, and look, and you know us, I mean, we've made a lot of money on YouTube monetization so far in, in the first month. Seven dollars? Uh, did you say? Uh, we're up to sixty. Seven big ones. What? Wow! We're up to wow. sixty bucks. It's like an wow. almost tenfold increase. Last there, time, man. look, we we need a source of income for that rainy day fund, Joe, and it's all going to come <laughs> from the three or four dollars we get per video. Oh, on yeah. YouTube all right. right so now. my law, my legal team right now is saying yes, I could use my rights free. Right. It seems all right. Clips. All right, that works. <laughs> that works. All right, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, thank yeah. you for being uh, officially now our senior legal legal yeah. advisors. Uh, yeah, glad to do it. <laughs> and the outlaw, the outlaw uh, lawyer podcast available wherever you get your podcast uh, yes, from the Coach Pete Land Studios, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, give Morgan Patrick a shout out for me. Will do. Will do. All right, that's uh, <laughs> Josh Whitaker. And our first quad box too, right? I, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's yeah, not. Our, it's and, not uh, our. It's not eight. our first quad box. Not eight. our first quad box because. So you got um, because we had uh, our our fun with that's right. Darren Bott and, and Elliot and, and Elliot uh, Avon. Darren Bott. Yep. Yes. All, all that stuff happened. What's up next? What's up next? So you know what's better than putting butchers market. Signature steak tips on the grill and enjoying immediately after. You know what's better than that? <sighs> Leftover signature Ooh. steak tips that you throw under the broiler for lunch. That's what I did yesterday. Do you know what I got yesterday from the butcher's market? And I don't know where I don't know if we've ever really had this conversation. We've had a lot of food conversations. Yeah. Have we ever talked about hot dogs? 
we're not doing like the hot dogs the sandwich thing are we no 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 like actually like like actual hot dogs right but a butcher's hot dog yeah i've had the butcher's market hot dogs it's yeah, not kids, the same no it it's not the not the same sir it no, is not really really good and I know they're probably screaming at me like, Joe, we have unbelievable steaks. Stop talking about that. No. No, the they hot make dogs their are good. own bacon. They make their own sausage. They make their own hot dogs. But dude, they're burgers, a- like they're pre-made uh, burgers. Like they get they, like a I think they have like a cheddar bacon one that's off the charts. So they have a great deal for you and your dad because Father's Day is coming up. We all need gifts for dad. They have the steak of the month membership. Go check them out at the butchersmarkets.com. And listen, they have a different steak each month. First one in July is the 24-ounce T-Bone, all right? Love it. They also, you also get some coupons for um, 50% off of their sides, which are unbelievable, and the different me- vegetable medley that you know I am a big fan of, strangely had that, enough. Had that with the leftovers yesterday as well. Yeah. So, again, go check them out, butchersmarkets.com, all of their locations, the home base there off of Millbrook and uh, Balls of the News. So go find them. Great stuff. Well, so shout out to Oak City Sports Cards. Uh, I know yesterday somebody was listening to uh, the show and they had taken a screen grab of, as I lose my pen here, a screen grab of the YouTube and it was the Oak City Sports Card that they just put out there. Uh, but okay. Oak City, so hey, extra extra eyeballs. I love it. But we, we, have, we have content coming up with Weston because I'm going to break this news to you right now. Okay. Do you know what Weston just bought? No, I do not. He bought the scooter from Dumb and Dumber. The actual, the boy. actual scooter, the actual scooter. He texts me this morning. He goes, "I'm gonna read you the text. I just bought the best thing in my entire life last night." <laughs> and then he sends me the dump. This is the custom moped that was used in Dumb and Dumber. He Why did he want it? And how did he find it? You have met Weston. You yeah. realize he yeah. is a collector. He I, is I a understand. collector. I understand. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want the double okay. covers moped? Uh, all right, all right, that works. <laughs> so hey we're gonna de- we're we're definitely gonna have to do something. So you have cards and you have mopeds all at a Well, I, he's not selling you the no, moped. I, well, everybody has a price, Joe. That's everybody true. has a price. Things, if, things are maybe if the Saudis said we really want that moped for uh, for golf tournaments, maybe they would do something with it. I have no idea. Anyway, check out Oak City Sports Cards uh, in downtown Raleigh. Uh, we'll close out the week with some hey Joe questions. Thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Uh, our old colleague, Pat, went to Oakwood Pizza Box this week. He had not been yet. And I guess uh, as he's been listening to the podcast and he's been checking out uh, Hey Joe, which is brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box, he went. And apparently Pat is a very, very judgy pizza person. Shocking, Joe. He found it to be legit. Why would we steer you wrong when it comes to Oakwood Pizza Box? You're very opinionated about pizza, too. Oh, man. It's the best. Risk. It's the sauce. Now, he's going to get mad at me because he is a true mad scientist when it comes to his dough. Yeah. But honestly, it's the sauce. It's great stuff. All right. Let's see. We got Jim on Twitter. Empty seats start of the third period <laughs> in Miami like Carter Finley. Third quarter. Uh, I mean, it's it's Miami. Uh, the, 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 the thing about whatever the arena is called now, I forgot what it's called. I think it's not American Airlines Arena anymore. It's like the Casaya Center or whatever it is. They've got... They've got bars. They got cocktail bars underneath uh, the seats. Uh, most most modern NBA arenas make it really really hard for you to go grab a drink and then come on back for the start of the third quarter. It's just not a long enough time. It's not like people are going out to their boats that are docked outside uh, the arena on Biscayne <laughs> Bay uh, to go tailgate. It's just you know if you want to get your mixed drink and work your way back out to courtside seats, it's gonna take you a little bit of time. 
Plus, it's Miami. They're fair weather like that, you know? It's fine. It's fine. People people get all to borrow a phrase from from Bomani Jones, people people love meat peeping when it comes to uh when it comes to attendance a lot of times. All right, let's see what Andrew has to say. Hey, uh, y'all do some more pro and cons <laughs> for schools throughout the summer. Fantastic long form summer content. I guess that's in relation okay. to our NC State versus South Carolina. I like it. The big. Yeah, I we, mean, we could do one of those a week. <laughs> you want to do like a tale of the tape, you know, between these two schools? But you know, actually, yeah. you know what it has to be. You, I I think this is what we need to do. Are you familiar with the House Divided Bot on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> so we, I think we just take a House Divided Bot post. And then we use that for the tail of the tape. Okay. Let's <laughs> see which school you would rather do. Um, it's We got a lot of response to that NC State-South Carolina conversation. If you missed it, you know, coming out of the, the NCAA baseball tournament, there was a discussion that Joe decided to hypothetically ask, who would you rather be a fan of, sight unseen in 2023, NC State or South Carolina? And I maintain that NC State at least has a hook. You know, South Carolina sports accomplishments, I mean, they've got them. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel like NC State has an actual hook to it. Like, you can identify an NC State fan. Like, you can identify an NC State fan. You know what their life is about, all right? What is that identifiable thing for South Carolina fans other than a Cox hat? You know what I'm saying? I mean, in the retort to that would be they have the Cox hat. Remember, with NC State for a while, they you wouldn't even know which one logo's there. True. Sometimes right? it was is the three Stanford? drowning rats. Is it Syracuse? Is yeah, who it, knows? You know, who I knows? have no idea. So, no, it's a valid point. You know? <laughs> no, valid I would point. love to do that once a week. We should. I'm down. I'm down. Speaking of NC State, from Ben, any coach in history ever signed so many guys who never f- set foot on campus? This is in relation to Trey Parker. Not Matt Stone, but Trey Parker, a four-star <laughs> NC State signee in the 2023 class. He's reclassifying to 2024. He's going to be playing for overtime elite in 2023-2024, according to 24-7 Sports. This actually – now I know what you were referencing on yesterday's show, Joe, because we were talking about what had happened with uh, Simeon Wilcher at North Carolina. And you say, hey, look, something similar might be happening at NC State. Was this what you were referring to? Yeah, uh, shouts to my friend J.C. Zimble, Wolfpack Central, was explaining this to me that <sighs> Parker is at Overtime Elite Prep now down yeah. in Atlanta. And in high school, you're allowed to have NIL deals. So he has an NIL deal at Overtime Elite. He's, he's okay. paid to play basketball in high school. That's yeah. legal. I don't know the number. Let's just say it's more than $200,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's round it up to three. If you're making $300,000 to play high school basketball and you're eligible to go play college basketball, well, it stands to reason you probably want to make $300,000. Well, we've talked to Kevin Keats before about how NIL works and you know they, they prioritize players. They go out and get players and they spend mo- They have to spend money on those players. Mm-hmm. The, the collective has to spend money on those players. At this point in the process, if you're Parker, you're not getting $300,000 to go play basketball in NC State. You're not on top of that priority list. Mm-hmm. So what would you do? You're eligible to take a fifth year of high school and make $300,000 again. Makes sense or to me. are you going to go to NC State and not be a starter and not make $300,000? Like, this is a fairly simple math equation. So this isn't, this isn't this related. This has nothing to, to do with Kevin Keats. This has nothing to do with grades either? No. 
It's just grades, money. Grades are a figment of everyone's. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, point, that's, a, that's a valid. Point. Seriously, I, I always forget college. Unless you're talking about Michigan basketball, that's the only time. Yeah, grades this, apparently the, ever the gold matter. standard of Michigan. Michigan man. man, get the hell out of here, Michigan. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, <laughs> just as Wiltshire is not about some, you know, indictment of Hubert Davis. No. Parker being able to make money at overtime elite, he's making a smart move for himself. As we said about Devin Leary last year in football, you come back or are you going to go make, I think it was 30 grand or 40 grand a month for Kentucky. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Let me go be. I'll, I'll go manage uh, Devin's car service. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go pick up his laundry. What, what are we talking about here? Come on. Well, it's funny you it's funny you mentioned that about you know playing time or indictment on um, Hubert Davis or anything like that. We got a response to our conversation about Simeon Wiltshire yesterday. Oh, people are mad. I mean, I, I, I get it. This is from uh, from Anchor Bill. Would not speculate on the value of playing time in the changing landscape of NIL. Well, two things two things can be true at once. Yeah. Okay, like in the case of uh, what's going on here with Trey Parker. Um, and going and playing basketball at overtime elite, that that makes logical sense to me. That I'd rather make more money playing high school ball at overtime elite than not playing and not making as much at NC State. And then you can just defer it to twenty twenty four. In the case of Wiltshire, well, it's not about to me. I never read it as NIL, and everything that I've followed up on has nothing to do with NIL. Has everything to do with this guy wants the ball in his hands yeah. to be a facilitator, and they feel that Elliot Cadeau who's reclassifying is better suited to do what they want than Wiltshire. And if you're going to have a guy that comes off the bench, it would be Seth Trimble at this point and not necessarily Wiltshire who wants to play. And I, I forgot who it was that reported this. It might've been on three, might've been John Fanta for all I know that apparently Wiltshire is having a conversation with St. John, which makes a lot of sense. You know, you go play totally. for Rick Pitino and get a lot of minutes. So two things can be true at once. Yeah, NIL is changing things, but I still maintain that the ultimate currency in college basketball of all sports is playing time. And you want to ultimately play. And that's what ultimately leads to a lot of these transfers. I mean, you can't have both. You can have playing time and NIL money. But for the most part, I think players want to be in a situation where they're showcased, right? We saw this last year with Gigi Jackson in North Carolina, right? They're the preseason number one. And you're like, wow, Gigi Jackson's going to go to Carolina and be Marvin Williams. And he was like, no, I don't want to come off the bench. I don't want, basically, he was saying, I don't want to win a championship. I want to go to South Carolina. I want to take every shot I could possibly have. And I want to be the focal point and I want to get paid by South Carolina. That was his choice. I'm, I'm not saying it was right, but it was the choice that he got to make. And that mm-hmm. is the reality of the, of the college sports landscape right now. And, and the sooner we all figure that out, and the sooner we all look at it and go, why can't the players have the same rights as the coaches, the better off we will all be. All right. This is from uh, Chris over at Dagon Boscores. Uh, big fan of his newsletter. Did not foresee the governor talking about developing the bench or going eight or nine deep for the heels this upcoming season. But here we are. Why? And, and I'm not saying I'm not accusing Chris of this. It's just that oftentimes when we've had conversations with Roy Cooper, people are legitimate. Like, wait. Oh, he really is about that life. No, he doesn't just use sports as a way to, I don't know, campaign or seem more relatable. That dude feels it. He feels it when it comes to the Canes and the Tar Heels. And if, if he ever wants to talk about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm rooting for all the teams. How did he talk about the Heels show? Yeah. No, he's a real UNC fan. These are real conversations that UNC fans have, right? Yes. You have this identity forever. 
And I get it, man. It's hard to play one way and be one way yeah. for 60 years. And then you come in and kind of have a different way. And that that's the most interesting part of Carolina basketball for next season for me. And you and I are kind of on different ends of the spectrum. I'm trying to come to your end to understand that Carolina has a different standard. I just kind of sort of refuse to believe that you can go to the national championship game your first year and somehow be on the hot seat in your third year. I'm still trying to process that. You're, man. you're getting me there. They're, you're getting me there because it is a different, it is yep. a different standard. And I'm trying to understand that. Uh, but no, like he Coop is, is definitely a true Carolina fan in, in every sense of the word. All right, to uh, our friend Brian Reinhardt uh, over at NC State. Oh, B. <laughs> Brian's an OG. You want to talk about OGs? Brian's an OG. Yes. Uh, can we get the connections to get Messi, Lionel Messi on the show? Big Miami guy here. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was going to say, uh, when it comes to the Miami Heat uh, losing to the Denver Nuggets last night, it's fine. Everybody's obsessed with Messi uh, joining what? Inter Miami FC or whatever the MLS thing is called. What I found most interesting about this deal is that. Messi is getting a cut of Apple streaming revenue. Right now, Apple is struggling to sell game passes. My understanding is that they're really struggling to get people to buy MLS packages. Sure. And that Messi would be apparently like Inter Inter Miami had their Instagram account gain like a million followers just by the signing. And obviously it's going to be, you know, because Miami's a party town, you want to be seen going to watch Messi is going to be the same effect that Beckham had when he joined what the galaxy, however many years ago it was. Sure. Uh, So that's what this is. It's funny to tie it back to um, our conversation with Dimitri. If MLS ever wanted to be something, you would need Saudi money to come in and buy MLS and then throw a bunch of money to players in their prime rather than what we're seeing right now where Messi's at the end of that. And it just, it, it follows a classic MLS trajectory where somebody looking for that last payout joins MLS. There's like a six month burn for it. And then everybody moves on with their life. The problem with MLS and and I say problem, the problem with MLS is none of the best U S players play in the MLS. And that's by design. Yes. Because the U S USA soccer wants its best players playing in Germany, in England, in the best leagues in the world. Because that's how you get better. Yeah. And the the MLS can't afford to pay those players until they get to the end of their careers. So and then, of course, the the real issue with MLS is as American sports fans, why do you think the Premier League is as popular as it is for what it is? It's because it's the best league in the world. It's the best. We want as American sports fans, we want to see the best. We don't want to see third rate soccer players, even though. There's still some pretty good players in the MLS. I'm not, I'm not impugning the MLS and its quality of soccer. It has grown a lot in the last five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. But when you don't even have your best American players in that league, which is what it was originally intended for, right? Alexi Lalas and Tony Miola and, yeah. and, and John Harks and all of those original guys from the 94 uh, World Cup, you were like, oh, look, here are all the guys. Go watch them in New York. Go watch them in L.A. And now it's like all of the best players, when you see them in the World Cup, you're like, oh, this is really the first time if you're an American soccer fan, you're like, oh, where, where would does he play? And you're like, well, he plays in the Bundesliga. He plays right. in, you know, the Premier League. And you're like, oh, OK. So the model itself for the U.S., which is kind of what's disappointing for me about women's soccer is it is the best league in the world. So that's where you kind of have to, you know, 
wrap your brain around what the MLS is and what it isn't. Smart move, though, by Messi, because you said Apple. Hmm. Yep. You you suppose that's coming from, like, you know, uh, Cherryville, Washington? Uh, (laughs) No, I I suspect that's that China money. (laughs) (laughs) We'll close, hey, Joe, on this from Michael. Uh, Is this article actually a joke? It's from The Athletic. Is outdoor NHL hockey still exciting? or played out this was on the heels of uh what metlife stadium is going to be hosting a double header yeah um, we're getting it's gonna be fascinating i i think it's gonna be interesting i mean you're gonna have what the rangers and the devils um the flyers and uh the Islanders. i think the flyers are playing the devil oh all four of them are playing all four of them they're not playing they're all they're not all playing each other but there's a double header that features those four those okay. four teams okay uh the rangers the islanders the devils the flyers so um I, is it played out? Well, no, it's it's not played out. I, I think it's kind of weird that we keep having this conversation about the outdoor game. And I felt like that conversation jumped the shark when the Carolina Hurricanes hosted it. Whenever the Carolina Hurricanes were going to host it, you already knew that the columns had written themselves, right? That, oh man, what's Carter-Finley Stadium? It, it, it's supposed to be at places that you know conjure up some sort of mystique, you know, whether it's Fenway or Yankee Stadium. I went to the Yankee Stadium one in 2014, one of the coldest nights of my life. But I think after what had happened at Cardiff Finley Stadium, A, it was highly rated. B, it was a wonderful looking spectacle that it's not about television ratings. It's not about whether you, the person in Toronto, is at all interested in something like this. This is super serving your areas, super serving your regions. And that stadium series game did more to create memories in this area related to hockey in the NHL than any sort of television thing could do. So I don't understand why there's this weird knee-jerk reaction that the NHL has established a cool tradition. They can take it to some cool places. They can go to some offbeat places, whether it's Lake Tahoe or Carter-Finley Stadium. And it makes some pretty cool spectacles. Whether it's a cool spectacle on TV is a bonus, but ultimately it's for the people who are going to go to MetLife Stadium and watch two hockey games in a football building. I think it's I, interesting. I wonder where the NHL got the idea to play another game the next day from. Huh. Couldn't have been from NC State and North Carolina playing the next no, day. Well, well, it's car- going to be the, – the thing is it's going to be the same day. Oh, it is going to be the same day? I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same day. Okay, that they're going to play two hockey games on that sheet of ice during the. This will be an interesting experiment um, because let's go back a half a step. Yeah, questions surrounding NC NC State and and the Hurricanes having the outdoor game was, oh my god, are they going to fill this place because of the problems they had in Nashville? Sure, right. Let's think about what Nashville is. Nashville is a destination town now on the East Coast. It's where people go for their bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, and country music and. Nashville has an identity. Okay. Raleigh, we, as you know, and I know, is a event town, the all-star game, the ACC, NCAA game, stuff like that. People are going to go to the events, right? What is New York? Well, what is MetLife in East Rutherford? First of all, there aren't that many Devils fans, period. So that's going to be a challenge. Second of all, there aren't that many Ranger and Islander fans still in New Jersey, True. which is where They're the games are being played. They're all here. So uh, there is the potential for one or two of those games to be sparsely attended. There is the potential for that okay. at MetLife Stadium. 
you're better off because again, you're you're counting on people from Manhattan aren't going across the the water to go see uh, the Devils. That's not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you could convince the Ranger fans, oh, it's a big event. But as you said, they've already been in Yankee Stadium. So they've already had moments. I would have preferred they did this at Mikey Stadium at West Point. Then you'd have something. And the aesthetic would be amazing because you're at Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful places in, in this country. Yeah. When you're trying to do something in metro areas like this where they have other things, other hooks, as we've talked about, it becomes difficult. Hey. That's that's the danger the NHL is going to get into. Now they're headquartered there, and they know more about that area than I do potentially. Yeah. But this is one that I'm interested in seeing how it plays out. To your point, when the outdoor game was at Yankee Stadium, it also was the same week as the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. you know, Gold and I went to Radio Row that year, and that's how we ended up at Yankee Stadium. Shout out to Sunheim for helping us out get tickets for that uh, that Stadium Series game. We were like in the upper deck, right field corner freezing our asses off but it was still a cool event the super bowl was there but the super bowl was just another thing that was happening in the city and if you left the Times square area where they had all the activation for the super bowl you would not have known that the super bowl was taking place in new york city so well, to your point it was in new jersey it was in New Jersey uh, with a police escort. To Don't get, get me there. started. No, I know, I know, I know. That was that was quite that was quite an adventure to get to MetLife Stadium to go watch uh, Peyton Manning and the and the Denver Broncos melt down for Russell Wilson. But that's another that's a story time with Ovias and Gilio in the future. I can tell you about the time that the coldest Super Bowl. Everybody was freaking out about how cold it was going to be for the Super Bowl. Ended up being sixty degrees, and they still kept the heaters on, and it overheated my phone. While I was trying to watch the game. Anyway, on that note, y'all enjoy your weekend. Thanks to everybody who's rated us so far on Apple and Spotify. We're getting, we're inching up to that thousand ratings. I want want to get to a thousand on the ratings. So appreciate everybody who's thrown that five stars and kept those positive vibes only. We will see y'all next week. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.